Mini-episode 1338 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at Sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late-night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge for the episode 1338. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here, and it is a tradition on this show every year to talk about WrestleMania. And uh, for the last couple of years, we have been oh so privileged to be able to break down WrestleMania with one of my good friends in the world of programs here, uh, the great Jake Digman, FDH Lounge dignitary, and uh, a gentleman who uh, knows a thing or two about uh, the squared circle uh, announcing its side of the greatest MMA ring announcer in the world, as I always say. And uh, thankfully, uh, Jake, you are not one of these uh, MMA types who gets butthurt about pro wrestling because people, uh, dumb people, sometimes uh, confuse the two. You have a love of both, and I respect that about you. Wait, we're talking, we're talking WrestleMania today? We're talking WrestleMania, yes. Oh, that's it, I'm drinking. <laughs> it's a, yeah, you, you might as well. I mean, it's a WrestleMania, uh, it, it's a tradition to talk WrestleMania, I should say, on this show, and this one here, I mean, looking at this both nights, thrown together, uh, I, I know you've said off air, oh, well, you know, for as much as we criticize them for relying on the part-timers, look at how bereft of star power it looks otherwise. And maybe there's some of that. But look, with the job that they have done trying to push Roman Reigns over the last several years, Drew McIntyre over the last year, uh, Bobby Lashley as of the last, what, 90 days or so, uh, et cetera, et cetera, up and down the line here, uh, it's not like they haven't tried to push a number of these guys as being big stars. There is no excuse for not having their own star power at this point. And in a way, Jake, I feel it, it almost validates the criticisms we made at the time about using them as crutches. Because what happens when, for one reason or another, you don't have them around anymore? And this year, they don't have any of them around. Next year, they'll probably bring back a bunch, but this year, they don't. So this is what happens when you condition people to believe the only guys that matter are Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, and John Cena. Oh, man, don't say that. They're going to drag Goldberg out of the mothballs, aren't they? They are. Probably against Drew McIntyre. Like they'll count no, on us probably, for getting it. Probably, uh, um, I don't know. Whoever, whoever the new internet darling is, that's who Goldberg will come out and destroy. <laughs> probably, but yeah. I, I completely agree with your, your assessment on that, and we were talking Yeah. 
Elias who interacted with John Cena several years. Um, we saw, you know, we've seen when Hulk Hogan came out with Alexa Bliss or whatever. So they find certain ways to get talent off the card, even if they don't have a match, which I know how much you love the fluff. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, so there's all, there's a way that could happen. And I'm sure we, or, you know, you never know. We might see Bailey involved in a match. And we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that as we talk about the card going forward. Well, you know, there could be segments here conceivably where, Maybe you see Ted DiBiase chase someone backstage or the boogeyman kick away a basketball before somebody can get the 10. Wait, what? So <laughs> there are these possibilities that you could see these things materialize. But yeah, you mentioned Bailey, and I mentioned to you off air, Carmella. She's somebody they've pushed a lot over the last year. You couldn't put together Bailey and Carmella in the tag team turmoil match. You're going to automatically just decide, no, that that's too many of them. And this whole thing here, too, of where they're trying to say that the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal being moved to SmackDown somehow constitutes the first WrestleMania match. Uh, yeah, no, sorry. It's it's not even on the same day. It's not in the same place. It's in your canned Thunderdome. So that's the excuse for not having the likes of, and I'm just going off the top of my head based on who's been excluded from this card, but, I mean, the Street Profits come to mind, and I can't... Actually, they have so few people who are over and matter in any kind of a way. I'm not thinking of too many others. Uh, Buddy Murphy, well, well, the Mysteri that, Mysterios, you know, maybe? Everybody in that fatal, yeah, everybody in that fatal four-way tag team match, which is, um, it is uh, the Street Profits, it's uh, Gable and Otis, um, the Mysterios, and uh, the Dirty Dogs, as they are, Ziggler and... Uh, uh, the glorious Robert Roode. I I could have I, I would have bet money from two weeks ago that you would have seen some variation of this match at WrestleMania, only so they could put the tag team titles on the Mysterios and call it a WrestleMania moment because you know that's what they live for those moments and you know, right. like father and son together as champion. It's just the kind of thing that you know Vince would do to create a WrestleMania thing. But what I've got a feeling is they're going to win the tag team titles tomorrow night, and then they're going to say it. You know, because WWE has no problem with revisionist history. So if they're going to go forward, they're just going to say that the Mysterios won the belt at WrestleMania, even though that's if they do, even though they didn't. Yeah, I mean... But they'll just say in history, like, yeah, they won the WrestleMania SmackDown. Like, what? That's not a thing. Yeah, I, I'd totally forgotten that that match was even taking place on SmackDown, which shows you how, you know, plugged in I am and how much I care and give a crap about everything. They got going on here. There will be no NXT touches on the show uh, this year uh, as the uh, the standalone, which is ongoing actually as we tape now, the two days of NXT stand and deliver. I missed day one, but uh, so I'll have to watch all of this uh, subsequently, to use a word my brother loves to use. But Walter uh, versus Ciampa, I understand that lived up to all of the hype. Fantastic. Okay. Honestly, that's the one match yeah, the whole week I was looking forward to. I mean, it... Yeah, it, 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 definitely, it lived up to your expectations. But, I mean, look, look at on the billing. You got Walter, who is... Um, if he's not my favorite wrestler right now, he's definitely in my he's definitely in my top five. Sure. <laughs> that are, you know, maybe one or two that are currently active going right now. And him and the Tampa brings the goods every single time he's in there, so... You know, it was that one was uh, that one was a lot of fun. Um, and actually, what I did yesterday, because of you know power of technology, I had watched the uh, AEW live broadcast, and then um, you know Peacock, the cock, as we call it, <laughs> but, um, uh, Peacock, 
that's amazing. So that was nice. That's yeah, great. So that was nice. Oh wow, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, I I, I gotta well, check that hopefully out. Hopefully everything goes good with you know um, with the stream for WrestleMania tomorrow as well. So after we get done talking, I'm like okay, I'm gonna watch some uh, Law and Order SVU, uh, the new show with Stabler on it, and then okay. watch the. Uh, well, let me uh, let me ask you this, and in terms of something, and for anybody in our audience that hasn't seen this yet either, uh, I will say again, two two years ago, uh, and you and I did the breakdown of WrestleMania week from when you were uh, in in New York, and and how great that was. I said the one match the entire week I was looking forward to the most, common denominator time, Walter v. Pete Dunne, and it lived up to it. I love That's one of my favorite matches in recent years. How does this match stack up, Walter Chiampa versus Walter Pete Dunne, in your opinion? It's, it's right up there. Okay. I mean, it's Ooh. really hard. It's really, it's really, really hard to have a bad Walter match. Okay. Like, especially when he has his dancing shoes on, it's yeah. very, very hard to have a bad Walter match, man. This was no exception. Oh um, boy! It's what you what you expect to have with you know these two. Uh, it, uh, it it delivered in spades, in my opinion. Oh, now I really can't wait. I gotta I gotta see what that one uh, looks like. That was the match two years ago that actually started Walter's run as NXT UK champion. It's a run that's been prolonged by, of course, the pandemic and the fact that NXT UK was on a prolonged hiatus last year and is only just st- slowly starting to kind of grind back into gear here. Before we get into night one of Mania, let's just touch on this that we, we talked about a little bit off air as well, and that is the big contrast between Mania Week two years ago, where you were there in New York and there was all the indie shows and you were there being a part of filming some of them and taking them all in, and that was your typical Mania Week show going back to what, at least probably 06, 05, when, when you know, Ring of Honor started and a lot of these other ones started around it. And it's become an entire week-long indie festival. Last year, of course, uh, just, you know, you had WrestleMania in a warehouse, essentially, and no other things happening around it. And then, dude, 2020... With one giant fan. With one giant fan. And then, I almost feel like the, the, the theme for 2021 is 2021, only half as lame as 2020. Because, you know, the pandemic is still ongoing. Thankfully, we're in the final stages. But, like, WrestleMania... They're going to have 25,000 people there. I don't know if they're going to have the cardboard cutouts, too, or not, but it's going to be some of that. But this is an atmosphere where we are not going to have any of the indie shows happening around it. Uh, Of all things, you are going to have uh, AEW with a Friday Night House show, which is unusual in Jacksonville, and that's not even in the immediate vicinity. But WrestleMania, without any of the other things happening here, this is a WrestleMania week like last year, that's going to stand out as being different from the ones before it and the ones after it? Well, um, not, not to disagree, but to correct you a little bit, there is some stuff going on around Really? It. Okay. Not to the level of the most important. Yeah, our good friend of the show, uh, Mike Moran, is actually down there filming the uh, GCW, The Collective. Okay, my bad. Yeah, he actually, uh, he actually was funny. He actually texted me, and he first, first of all, he apologized that he couldn't have me on the crew because uh, there was uh, um, the budget or whatever. I don't know. And he said, "I feel really bad, but I can offer you free tickets to WrestleMania." And I'm like, "Don't feel bad for something I wasn't expecting to do." Sure. <laughs> don't feel bad. You right. Know? But he's down there right now. There, I believe it's the uh, Josh Barnett blood sport that's going on right now. Um, there's like. Uh, I think it's like 
14 shows over the course of a couple days. Oh, 14? That many? Crap, where have I been? Okay. Don't pull me on that. I know it's like like four or five a day over three or four days. Holy crap, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's... um, it's all, they're all on the fight the fight app, um, but then again, you know there hasn't been a lot of advertisement as in years past. Right. And I don't, you know, they can't even they haven't even sold out WrestleMania both nights. I don't know how they're expecting to sell. I mean, sure, out of those twenty five thousand people that are going or whatever it is, you're going to have you know some people that are going to that are your diehards are going to go see whatever for whatever whatever wrestling is on. But by no means is going to be anything compared to New York a couple of years ago, where I think I counted. Including all of the WWE events, um, that that included like you know if there were if there was matches at Access or they had like you know those World Collide tournament, I think it came out to like fifty six wrestling shows right. in seven days that took place. Right, like that is uh, that is sensory overload if there ever is if there is such a thing. Well, yeah, and that's where that's what's that's what's funny is me being off as much as I was with there being fourteen. That fourteen is still nothing compared to fifty six. So I'm more, I'm still more right than wrong, which is incredible. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's, oh, there's still other ones that are going on too that I don't know that are you know the rogue. I'm sure there's you know those rogue outlaw shows that are happening yeah. too that aren't on. Or are they Jake Digman? Are indie mud shows? Oh, I'm sorry. That's Jacksonville Friday night, right? According to Cornette. <laughs> uh, according to Corny, yeah. yeah. Outlaw Mud Show up there. That's right. That's right. You're going to have that happening. And uh, so, yeah, what a week. And then, of course, uh, the Hall of Fame this week with RVD, Citizen Kane going in the Hall of Fame, uh, the NWO, etc. So it was still some semblance of a Hall of Fame uh, thing for WrestleMania week. Uh, taking place uh, days prior which is uh, out of the ordinary. It had a lot of times been uh, the night prior, but uh, that has long since been uh, changed due to the WrestleMania week changes. WrestleMania, of course, last year becoming a two-day event. We'll see if that sticks in future years, but previously there had been NXT on Saturday nights. I hope so. I hope they do for a two-day event. I really do, because it's just too damn long. It is. You start, okay, if you get in for the pre-show matches, are at five o'clock and you're gonna leave until midnight, sometimes twelve thirty. That's that's just you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's just way too much. I remember, I remember being at, at, at the one uh, a couple of years ago, thirty five in New York, and by the end, and I'm like looking over my brand actually. And when they botched the finish, I'm like, we waited six and a half hours for a botched finish. Right. That's terrible. <laughs> and that's the whole thing too. And I've always maintained this that the way they did it was all wrong because, again, it was I was watching it live. It was after midnight when the main event started. I mean, on a Sunday night, nobody's ready for this kind of crap. You know what I mean? The, the place, the, the mood yeah. was dead heading into it, and that was one of those things where, and I know they wanted to do it where Becky, the blue-collar hero, she's getting her regular entrance while the others are doing these fancy entrances. I say to hell with that. You needed to wake up the crowd, and that's a thing where, that should have been, and if they could have kept this under wraps enough, Becky's backstage, she goes, ladies and gentlemen, the killers. And they play that version of the man. You think that would have woke up the stadium, dude? Y'all would have been singing along to that thing. You would have been fully awake when that match started. Possibly, or the people, you got to remember, the wrestling fans, they looked and went, what's this song? I don't want this, I want her regular song. Yeah, true, but I mean, nobody ever complains. But nobody... I, I only say this, I only say this because I was at the WrestleMania okay. when Drowning played the live version of Triple H's song. Okay. When he never used on TV, and everyone, 
it actually diminished any reaction you would have gotten because everyone's like, this sucks. Like, this, which I might like the song, but it wasn't what the crowd wanted to hear. True, so but I mean... This, and wrestling fans are like trained to hear like a certain like, don't, don't. Now, if she had the killers do her song, which would make no sense, but... They know, couldn't play her song, you know, no. Like, yeah, that would... That, yeah. That would be the worst of both worlds. Maybe I'm just stereotyping too much about, but like white people go ape shit when they hear that song, and that crowd is mostly white people. <laughs> you know, it's not quite. It's not quite a, a Are white. Are you doing a deep cut Dave Chappelle reference? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, white people hear electric guitar, they got to dance. Exactly, exactly. They start. You, you, you get the killers out there, and they start playing a live version of the man, and I just think you would have had 80,000 people or however many, what the, whatever the kayfabe number is, y'all would have been singing along, but what do I know? Meanwhile, it's going to be... But, but you also, also got to look at it, too. You, we just had Joe Jett, like, right before that perform live. Yeah, I mean, Rousey. yeah, but, so but I mean, I, but, but here's the thing, though. I mean... Becky is the franchise babyface. Shouldn't hers be way better? And it would have been, with all due respect to Joan Jett, okay? That would have been way better. Anybody knows this. Joan Jett's stuff is, is pretty played out. I mean, you know, Becky should have had something to really overshadow that. I think if that's your big franchise babyface, that's what you want to do. That's just the thought that I've had over a period of time. Not, I, that, not that they would have... I thought it would have been really cool. I thought it would have been really cool if, if uh, when Becky came out, she came out on like a steam like a, a With, with Morrow being gone, nobody on the announcing crew is cool enough to make insider references like, oh my god, Becky got her steam back. That must be more sponsor money, you know? <laughs> so. And you talk about a dude who's making the rounds. Morrow Ronaldo, now the, uh, now the uh, voice of Bellator MMA. Yeah. This guy's just going everywhere. He's, you know, Showtime Boxing, Bellator, WWE, you know? I, I, Without having seen what happened last night, I could discern from a suggested video that popped up on YouTube today that Io Shirai lost last night because they were showing what appeared to be a send-off from the NXT fans. And like most people, anytime I see anything Io Shirai, we all do the voice, don't we? The genius of a sky! Io Shirai! <laughs> that is just the best. <laughs> Fans, you just got your Mario Ronaldo WrestleMania fix right there. Jake Digman and I were your hookup. <laughs> we, we, we're, we're, we're shooting. Right. If you hear me? Yeah, <laughs> shooting it right into the veins. But this uh, this card Saturday night, uh, night one of this thing here. Uh, again, you you have any number of matches here. As I said, I think there's only two matches that really count when you're looking at. Because a lot of times, I like to look at cards throughout history and kind of diagram, like, you have your main event. How many quasi-main events did you have? Semi-main events? Did you have one? Was it a good, a good enough card where it was two? Sometimes there's three. Past WrestleManias, there have been sometimes, you know, multiple semi-main events. Night one, 
I'm going to rule out the five matches right here. Tag team turmoil, that ain't one of them. Lana Naomi versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus the Riot Squad versus Natalia and Tamina. Winners get a tag team title match the next night. Who cares? Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Uh, just like any smart mark out there, I'm happy to see Cesaro getting a push, but it's it's kind of typical WWE style, right? It's come out of nowhere. I don't. I haven't really... No, I don't watch SmackDown that closely because it still bores the piss out of me, but... I mean, what's the explanation for the fact that uh, Cesaro has suddenly, in their eyes, gotten good? I don't really understand that. Are, are you ready? You what, is what, it? It is? what is it? What is it? Seth Rollins came back yeah. from having a baby. Yeah. And it he, was like, hey, he, I'm back, and I had a baby. And everyone's well, like, yay, Jake, you had a baby. Jake, You're he, nice guy he, now. he looks in phenomenal shape for just having had a baby. Doesn't he? He yes. really, you know, you know, you know we, need, we need the man to stop being lazy. Get yes. Yes. <laughs> But, uh, so he comes out there, and then all of a sudden, everyone like leaves because he cuts his, you know, his usual Seth Rollins, I am crossing Jesus promo. Right. And then Cesaro, the last one left, and then the instant feud happened, and they punched each other. And to their credit, they kept them apart. And quite frankly, you know, um, everyone has kind of wanted you know, Cesaro to get an opportunity like this. You know, against uh, Rollins is one of their, you know, top guys. Except the right. WWE views him. Right. You know, multiple time champion. Um, Cesaro. Definitely could use a huge win on a big stage like this against Rollins, which means Rollins is probably going to win. Yeah, probably. Because yeah, we'll sense. And Cesaro will go back to a tag team with whomever they find. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Probably. But that's where it's like. And this is one of these things, though. I refuse to be a half a loaf kind of a guy because there's a lot of people that be like, Ricky, just be happy they're pushing them. I'm like, could they maybe have it make a little more sense, though? Could you, could you make it a little bit more? I know they're allergic to the word organic. But could you make anything you do in any form or fashion seem organic? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have him in a feud with Seth Rollins where, again, as much as we're laughing about it, unless they're even more incompetent than I think, Cesaro's going to go over. But I don't know. I just, I'd like to see it with more steam behind it, maybe. I don't know. But uh, uh, as far as this next match, though, you talk about throwing together Braun Strowman, Shane McMahon, and a steel cage match. Boy, this makes the Shane McMahon Undertaker Hell in a Cell buildup from a couple of years look positively organic by comparison. So this is just, you know, Shane turns heel again. He's calling Braun a dummy up and down. He's throwing goo on him. And uh, again, with it being a steel cage match, I know they probably did that to make to, to, to swerve everybody that thought Shane was going off the pirate ship. But something tells me he's going off the pirate ship anyways. Uh, probably, and here's a random fun factoid. This is the first steel cage match at WrestleMania since Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania 2. Wow, that, uh, that's right, because we're, we're not counting Hell in a Kennel, right? Okay. <laughs> no, that, that is a separate thing. That okay. A regular old steel cage match. First? First one since 86? Are you kidding me? That, okay. 86, yep. Well, and here's the thing, Jake. Is there anything that encapsulates modern WWE more than that? The first one since WrestleMania 2 should be something that means something, as opposed to, we need a stip for this match so people won't yawn through it or take a piss break. Let's make it a cage match. Typical WWE. I mean, the whole idea of making this match a cage match doesn't make any sense in the concept of the feud. It's like, okay, the reason why we watch Shane McMahon matches is so he's falls off of something. So the whole idea of the match would be like, I figured this would be your falls count anywhere where she's running for his life and then whoever you need to get on the show, which is probably what's going to happen, is, you know, the lackeys will be in there and they'll break in the cage or whatever. People will help Shane and 
the ref will go down and he'll leave and it's going to be nonsense. It's going to be. At the end of the day, Braun Strowman's going over because no McMahon's ever wins at WrestleMania unless they're facing another McMahon or if their last name is Helmsley McMahon. Right. And, you know, you can't say there's no part-timers, I guess, if Shane McMahon is in here, but certainly not the star power of other uh, part-timers that they've had. And no, uh, they, they had to fill that, they had to fill that McMahon clothing. They did. At least one McMahon per WrestleMania. Well, yeah, exactly, uh, which includes Triple H, by the way. The fact that he's not on the card, uh, he, he certainly counts as a McMahon since he's a McMahon in-law at this point. If you're two, t- two years in a row. Uh, yeah, true. Uh, so he's he's certainly getting uh, phased out uh, at, at the very I, uh, least. He's not done, but he he just, it won't be every year for him. Clearly, I read a really funny story about Triple H. Did a quote, but I was I was thinking about how AJ Styles. Apparently, AJ Styles keeps pestering Triple yes. H for a match at WrestleMania yes. to the point where it's annoying him. He keeps telling him to go away. Right. He tells him what I have to get in shape to do it. Right. I, I really just want to imagine like. AJ Styles walk around being like, Hunter, are you going to face me at WrestleMania or what? Want some? Come get some. Won't be done. <laughs> you know what? By the, the way, the earth is flat. <laughs> you know what? If I'm Triple H, I know how to put an end to that. The next time he does it, you reach for a golden shovel and you say, sure you still want it, AJ? That's great, pal. I love it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you can call this guy a part-timer. He's been more full-time than some of their full-timers. Bad Bunny uh, teaming up with Damian Priest in the the swerve that we all saw coming. It's going to be a tag match after all, not Big Bunny v. Miz, or Bad Bunny. Big Bunny, Bad Bunny, whatever. I'm too old to know one from the other. Uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Bugs, Bugs Bunny? Yeah, Bugs Bunny uh, v. <laughs> the Miz and Morrison in a tag match, and uh, it just... Whatever, again, this is, I mean, the one thing that can be said potentially in any of this is it does seem like Damian Priest is getting something of a rub from being around Bad Bunny, and that's a guy where, I mean, I do see him going forward, and it's not just the one, you know, quasi-finishing maneuver of his or finishing maneuver, but I think they see some modern-day Razor Ramon in the guy, so, I mean, he should be a fixture at at least upper mid-card and above. So, I mean, he has a chance to be one guy that they succeed in building to a certain level. Presumably, this will be part of it. That's as close as I can come to say anything nice about this mess of a match. I mean, you know, I'm, a, I'm always a fan of, uh, of, of the Miz, of the local, local boy. I think he, he's made the most chicken salad out of the chicken shit that he's been given. But, um, uh, you know, you mentioned Bad Bunny. He's got a win there, the uh, leading merchandise mover in the WWE. Really? He that merch, man. Yeah, he was the, uh, after the debut, the, it's not our scene, because we're old, but, um, man, the kids, you know, he, those YouTube followers, he has quite a few, I don't know how many he has, a million, like 40 million or something like that, and, uh, after they debuted some of his stuff, it was the number one merchandise seller, he was the number one merchandise seller on WWE Shop, so, that's why they keep bringing him around and having him a part of this, and, I mean, I think this will serve its purpose, it's, you know, it's that celebrity match. Um, you know he's going to be able to do some stuff. At the end of the day, it's going to end with um, with bad bugs, but super bunny um, <laughs> getting his. I'm assuming. Yeah. Which, in my opinion, it's like that guy was the WWE champion six weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> so wait a minute, you just defeated the guy who was the former champion. 
champion. So there's nothing Bad Bunny that would be on for a title shot. Because to see uh, Lashley absolutely destroy the Bad Bunny would be quite entertaining to watch. But um, let's not put, let's not give the WWE any more ideas. You know, they they have enough of them well, they come up with. I know there's, there's one guy there who comes up with some good ideas, but uh, I think they locked him in a closet in Connecticut somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. But you, you, real quick, you mentioned uh, Damian Priest reminds you of Razor Ramon. And mm-hmm. the first thing that popped into my head was, I go, oh, great. So he's going to get like three or four intercontinental title reigns and then all of a sudden go to AEW and become an alcoholic. <laughs> and then find Diamond Dallas Page and turn his life around when he's over. Hopefully not Razor Ramon in that sense, just the in-ring sense. And, and there, there are a lot of... Oh, oh. Yes. Oh, okay. And there's, I'm like, listen, the other Razor Ramon, just go to Japan. And exactly. And there's a lot worse things <laughs> than uh, the, the in-ring side of Razor Ramon slash Scott Hall. This is not a match I'm that a they... I'm a Razor fan. Yes, yes. And, and, and by the way, on your oblique reference from before, I second that. And that any, any mogul worth his salt... If he employed uh, an absolute five-star effing genius who could turn this whole stupid promotion around, would normally, if he's that smart, let said genius do his thing. But this is Vince McMahon we're talking about. I hope that reference was oblique enough not to get him in any trouble. And and, and may I say, I haven't talked to said genius in long enough to even, uh, you know, so I can't even say for a fact what's on his mind right now because it's been a while. But anyway, so I, uh, hopefully I've absolved him from any trouble after I said what I just said there. But they won't be, by the way, calling this bunny mania, A, because they don't want to reference anything pre-PG era, and B, because Snoop Snoop Dogg, now AEW's Snoop Dogg, was involved in that. Having said that, at that same Mania 24, I think Maria Menounos, if I remember, went over one of their top heels. So any celebrity must go over any of the full-timers, basically. So Miz and Morrison, flip a coin yeah. on who's doing the job. Probably Morrison. Morris does all the jobs for that team. True, but I think the whole thing is built up the stories between Miz and Bad Bunny. I mean, it depends. And if they, if they want to drag another month out of it, then do a singles match with Bad Bunny and Miz, then, you know, um, Morrison does the job. If not, uh, I see Miz laying down for um, the, 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 the baddest Bunny in the land. And Damian Priest is lucky, is, is lucky to be there. Well, yeah, and that said, I mean, we can agree, right? I mean, if, if Miz is doing the J-O-B, it'll be Damian Priest sticking him with the finishing maneuver and pulling Bad Bunny on top. It'll be something like that, I think, just to give a minimal Oh, yeah, time. absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because da- Damian Priest has got to come out of this getting the rub. Uh, the other thrown-together yeah. match here, the very definition of it, they had some kind of stupid tag-team qualifier match. New Day is now the champions again. Uh, New Day, that's now in, in the year 2021. There's no more ironic name in the history of wrestling than these guys being called the New Day in 2021. They're going against AJ Styles and Omos, his gigantic, clownishly large bodyguard, who, uh, and, the one, and this is one of these things where Going back, and I'm not, we haven't even seen the guy wrestle, right? I don't want to be the guy to compare anybody to uh, El Gigante slash Giant Gonzalez. But the thing of it is, is, like, when you're that big, and it was the curse that David Otunga had, having a freakishly muscular body, that, like, you have to be a main eventer if you're of a certain size or a certain build. Or you don't have a place. It's all or nothing, basically. So unless this guy can be a future WrestleMania headliner, then they're wasting their time even having him in here because you don't employ guys like that to have him in the mid-card. The exception was Great Kali when they turned him into a buffoonish baby face, fun-loving baby face. You know, then you could have him get beat, and it wasn't a complete suspension of disbelief. 
but it was a way to get AJ Styles on the card. But it's like this is the definite. This is this is the poster child for all the thrown together crap. There had to be a better way to get AJ Styles on the card than putting him in the middle of this. You buried the lead there. Were you attacked by? Like, did you encounter a lot of cloud giants, like giant clouds? If you were a kid, <laughs> you said he was cloudishly big. Yes. Out of all of the adjectives I could think of, I'm just sitting here thinking, going cloudish. Like, what kind of run is the giant cloud? <laughs> Freakishly, I guess, would be the word. Freakishly, this is what happens later in the day. My mind is, is sometimes scraping for words. Freakishly big is probably more of a conventional thing. But, I mean, he's a guy where, I mean, especially when he's standing next to AJ, who's not the tallest guy in the promotion by any kind of a stretch of the imagination here. So it's like they're, they're in a no-win situation. Because if this guy does anything other than get in there and throw around New Day like there's no tomorrow and look completely invulnerable, then we're just wasting time here. You know what I mean? It's a trap with these guys that are that big. Because it's all or nothing, Jake. You're either a main eventer yeah, in the making or you're nothing. You're absolutely right. You're, you know what? We could use the 2021 Hall of Fame class on this one. Yeah. You're either Kane or you're the great colleague. There's yeah. no middle ground. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like there's, there's, you know, but, but at the same time, that doesn't mean you can't make money. Um, one of my favorite quotes ever by Kevin Nash was when they said how, how bad his work rate was and how blah, 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 and all this stuff. And he only had like four moves and he was lazy. And his response was, I got a house on the beach and it's paid for. And I'm just like, all right. Well, <laughs> like, you know, but... he worked something there on that one. But speaking of Kevin Nash, bringing it back into the, uh, the point of, of this match here, number one, when they announced this match, I didn't even know that the Hurt Business weren't the tag team champions anymore. I was like, wait, what? Why yeah. did they, how did that happen? Yeah. Like, I thought, you know, the Hurt Business were going to go in and they're going to have, like, you know, this, the, the build seem to be that, you know, it's going to be like, hey, they're running the show. Right. And, like, you, even if you didn't have the Tinsel Raw tag titles on the show, even if they're just standing with Lashley, like his fight team, that would look cool. Right. You know, everyone having championships. But alas, we are here now, and um, I have a feeling that this match is going to be booked. Because um, number one, you got AJ Styles, who's very meticulous when it comes to the you know, stuff that he does yep. on the big shows, and, and you know, still arguably the best wrestler in the world. Um, and you know him and Kofi is the new day, and I've got a feeling that exactly what you described is what's going to go down. AJ's going to obviously do the majority of the work. Once uh, Omos, Omos, or whatever his name is, I think it's Omos. Omos, Omos I think. I don't know. Um, Omos, okay. Once, uh, uh, once he gets in there, Omos, I think, Omos, Omos. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Basically, you know, they, they just bounces off of him and flies around, does one move, whatever his finishing move is going to be. And then what I would love to see after that and a nice classic nod to Owen Hart for, like, him to wipe out New Day and then AJ Styles to take the tag and run it like he's going to do a move and just you know, be like, one, two, three. And I don't know if you remember at WrestleMania 11 when Owen Hart was tagging with Yokozuna and Yokozuna wiped out the smoking guns and Owen Hart runs it like he's going to put whichever one billiard mark the sharpshooter. Then he's like, eh, screw it, just pin them. Something like that. I think yeah. it could be AJ Styles' character. And it'd be a nice little tribute that if you know it, you get it, you know, it would fit within the context of the story, too. And yeah. it would make, make almost look like a million bucks, and you know he could hide behind them, but and he could leave his style something to do. <laughs> it would. Sadly, right now, I mean, there's not really much. He, he's at that point now where uh, they're just creatively. There's not that there's anything for him. It's just you know I can't think of anywhere else. Like I was sitting down booking, you know, we all fantasy booking a lead to WrestleMania to see where things are going, and 
I was just trying to one day, and I didn't have a place on an AJ Styles on the card I came up with. And I'm like, whoa. Cool. Yeah. And it surprised me hearing back to, like, I listened to, like, maybe it was JR's podcast. And he mentioned, it was JR's, and he mentioned that 717, they didn't have Triple H nor The Undertaker on the card. They were put on last minute. And if you remember back, their feud was just thrown together. It was. Because they didn't. They didn't have them either one of them on the card, and they were like, how do we have that much of an oversight? So it doesn't surprise me, because the same person who was doing it then are still doing it now. But I mean, the thing of it is, is that even in a time of big star power then, they were still two of the biggest stars in the company. I mean, how you did, how you would forget both of them is really, really, really weird. I mean, I, I don't... It, Mind-blowing! It is, isn't it? I mean, it, and it was easier to put together manias in that day. You didn't have the brand split. You didn't have all these things. Uh, again, no, AJ Styles is he might as well be the poster child for the promotion right now. Creative has nothing for anybody. I mean, based on how everybody's been booked, based on what the lead-up is... Creative has nothing for creative. Yes, yes. I mean, that's... And, and that's the thing, and, and, and with the exception of, uh, you know, to, to harken back, with the exception of one guy that you and I have affection for, uh, I'd like to see the whole uh, lot of them loaded into a, a dumpster and uh, carted out forever, basically, because if this is the best you can do, this is, this is just complete garbage. This is random as hell, Jake Digman. It's, it's, not, it's not the best that they can do, it's the best that they can do for the one person they're doing it. Right. And nothing has come along to prove that's changed. Well, right. You know? Right. I mean, it's, it's still night and day when you look and you watch an NXT show, you know, and right. you watch a main roster show. And it's like, how can you take these people that were just on the same company? Yeah. Just on a different show called Different Letters on it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you get them to the, to the main roster if it's you were even going to call that anymore. And it's like, they act like you've never seen them before. Well, and it's like, yeah. well, the audience is dumb. It's like, hey, we're going to give you this person, but, oh, we're going to change all those things you liked about them. We're changing them all. Well, yeah. What? And that's the thing. This is random as hell. I'm going to actually make, believe it or not, our second WrestleMania 2 reference of the night. The match that could be a template for this one is, until I watched it, I never understood the buzz of the Bulldogs versus Dream Team match, but it was a great match. And here's why. Because I was like, and with all due respect to a past show guest, I was like, how epic could any match with Brutus Beefcake possibly be? Here's how it was. In and out, quick tags, he goes on offense, he hits some moves, tags back out to the hammer, lets the hammer carry his end of the match. Awesome. That match was laid out just amazingly. Uh, they've, they've suffered a lot in the layout of matches since then, even as the athleticism has skyrocketed. So, you know, we'll see what this ends up being. I'm going to segue to of the two matches that could be the main events for this one. And ironically, the one that's not the main event will probably open the show because that's going to be as important Saturday night because it's the first one in front of a live crowd. And Drew McIntyre was almost campaigning for this. Drew McIntyre, longtime WWE champion uh, who lost it recently in the convoluted thing. Lashley caused him to lose to the Miz on the cash-in. Lashley beats Miz. Basically, this is a deal here where there is no more hurt locker, hurt business, hurt whatever the hell you want to call it right now because I, I think apparently they were starting to get afraid that the crowd might uh, force a double turn here, that they might get behind Lashley because here's the thing is that the way that they booked Lashley Right around the whole thing of the Miz period here, they were booking Lashley as a pure ass-kicking babyface. He wasn't cheating. He was the one chasing down the sniveling heel. I mean, they basically retconned the way that... I mean, there were some allusions to how he got Miz the title, 
But as far as Lashley getting Miz the title because he was too much of a chicken shit to go after Drew McIntyre, that got retconned out. And then it was like, OMG, we've booked Bobby Lashley so strong. He's talking about how long his ride to the top was. He was so ass-kicking. He was so sympathetic. He was so whatever. They're like, oh, my God, how do we take it off him and put it back on Drew McIntyre? And so basically, my understanding is they broke up this whole hurt deal uh, just to try to, to, to make them look more lame, not as dominant, whatever. There's a chance that it's a swerve and that, can you even imagine, I mean, if quote-unquote King Corbin ends up being the newest member here and just because he wasn't specifically a member of the Hurt Business at the time that they were banned, that he cost McIntyre the title, I mean, they, this, this could still be shenanigans of some sort. But my guess is they broke up the Hurt Business as a way of smoothing the path for McIntyre to win it back and get the crowd reaction they're looking for. Um, I agree with everything you just said, and I hope none of that happens. <laughs> Except for the part about King Corbin, because King Corbin is uh, funny. I, he has grown on me. And the fact that how much my girlfriend hates King Corbin, <laughs> like, go away heat, and I follow his uh, his other page on uh, Instagram. Uh-huh. And it's a pretty cool follow. He's like, he, he, you know, he's into uh, whiskey and some scotch and steaks and whatnot. And it's just like, like, oh, like, I'm showing her all this stuff. She's like, yeah, but he's still King Corbin. <laughs> Let me <laughs> like, tell you I mean, something. He's doing, his, he's doing his job then. It's very rare that there's a, a heel in wrestling where people are like, I just hate him. <laughs> like, I don't want to say, I'm like, I absolutely, he's grown on me. I'm like, man, I dig your stick. <laughs> Dude. You're a dick and you're cast perfectly. <laughs> I got to tell you something here. Just on the limited knowledge that I have, of her takes, just the fact that she also loves Keith Lee as much as I do and hates King Corbin as much as I do. For somebody who's not as hardcore on this as you and I, I am inordinately impressed with your girlfriend's takes. She has very good taste on who she likes and doesn't like. I, too, loathe King Corbin and wish he would just stay off my screen. Turn the channel heat, in my estimation. <laughs> and you know what? That's uh, him, uh, like I said, that's him doing, doing his job. But, uh, <laughs> Is he back, pl- to the, uh, back to the matters at hand. Yeah. Um, you gotta, you gotta believe that, like the entire build-up, because well, you know, I watched the last fifteen minutes of Raw because I found out I'm like, okay, they've been teasing this whole story. Like, if you take out Drew McIntyre, you know, you could be in the main event of WrestleMania. And I'm like, watching it because you got to know why they tried to did this. It's in the back of your mind going, did they drop the Brinks truck and get Brock Lesnar in here and give it that big fight feel? Of course, that didn't happen. We're going into, you know, the whole idea that Bobby Lashley, you know, cost Drew his title and coming in and everything that you said about um, how what they did with Lashley because they afraid he was getting too hot. You're absolutely correct. But the problem is, that I don't care what they say, I firmly believe that live crowd is going to be almost 100% behind Bobby Lashley. Like, you can try to do all this stuff because, number one, he, he got over organically. Like, you look at all of the crap that they put him with. He had to do that stupid stuff, you know, Lashley, Lashley. He came back um, from Bellator. They never once really got into how much of a legitimate badass he is. Right. At, I think, 13-2 or 14-2 or something like that, uh, his MMA background. They never really delved into that. They had him doing stupid crap with the whole Bono Rusev thing, which was just god-awful. And then finally, when he matches up with MVP, 
and then they helped uh, do the Hurt Business and the U.S. Champion, and the fact that he didn't actually lose the belt, they did that screwy triple threat finish, I think it built this genuine, like, swelling of support. Like, uh, as a fan, I personally want to see Bobby Lashley win. Drew McIntyre beat him when he was the champion. I think it was Backlash last year, maybe. It was one of his first title defenses. Yeah. The interview. Drew won. Bobby Lashley wins this one. And then you can set up, you know, your bunny match, your third match or whatever, you have him come back up through and it leaves Bobby Lashley down to a babyface role and, you know, Drew becomes a heel out of this. Fine. You know, it's just the problem is WWE, they don't, they, they over babyface their badasses and it's awful. Yes. They did it, like, the only one they didn't do was, was Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Right. Because they were neurotic and made a lot, a lot of money and was basically just say, no, we're doing this. And told them what was going on, and they're like, convinced, like, yeah, I like money, let's do this. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm actually going to disagree with you on The Rock. Part of the reason they had to turn him in 03 was in 02, his act grew kind of simpering. Even The Rock was not immune no, to this. And that's the whole thing, is that, and, and Jake, I will not rest but, until in but, my life. On one second. Yeah. One second on that, though. As soon as they turned him in 03, he immediately became even more over as a baby Yes, yes. Because he was doing all the things that you wanted to see him do again, and just like, I was at the Raw in Cleveland. Yeah. Where he's lost to the hurricane, I think. Yeah. And after the show, he's like, you know, you can chant Rocky or you can chant Rocky sucks. And he's trying to heal up, but the just kept cheering for him. He's like, well, if you're going to do it, fine, let's do it. If you spell whatever they left in the baby. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd refused to boo him. Sure, sure. But that was, well, and I remember, and this is something that I'd commented on the show previously uh, during one of the segments to our good friend Kyle Ross, and that was. Back in that period of time, I think it was the 02 Royal Rumble, it was post 9-11, and there was some kind of shirt about, you know, those who want to bring evil to us, uh, and it was like, it was so earnest and so white meat and so whatever and so not the rock. If you wanted to have a post 9-11 shirt, it should be something like, Bin Laden, you can stick it straight up your candy ass, you know, it needed to be something like that in character. As opposed to, uh, 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 I mean, all it would have to be is just a red, white, and blue, probably. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's the whole thing, Jake. I will not rest until, in my lifetime, it makes it into Webster's dictionary. My term that I have coined here, Vince McMahon, the white meatification of all baby faces. All baby faces have to be white meatified, and that's basically it. And Drew McIntyre has probably, if I'm grading on the curve, it's happened to him less than the average of big baby faces, but just that it happens at all is obscene, because he should just be out there, the things that got himself over. I'll tell you this, when they compare the journeys of them, and it's one of these things here, and it is weird, and right about the time that John Laurinaitis reassumes prominence in the uh, talent relations department, these are two guys people I believe... People power. Yeah, people power. These are two guys from his era, two of the guys in the mid to late 2000s where we were both like, ugh, these guys are getting a push. So there is a whole thing now of where they've come full circle and they've evolved and they've become two of the better guys on the roster. But I mean, this is not, I mean, in, in a Haas fight kind of a sense, which they're both promising in and out of character it's going to be, in that sense I'm looking forward to it. But I mean, it's not to say I'm looking forward to it without, you know, any kind of qualification. It should be okay, I guess. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, I kind of echo the, the sentiments on this. I, I, I like the matchup. I just really don't like how we got here. Um, personally, I think, you know, the whole Miz cashing in thing was a side step. Hell, you could have still have the, the money in the break briefcase all the way through with 
you know, keep going because they have until the, the thing. That didn't need to be involved. Um, personally, I would have much rather seen it as uh, Drew as the champion defending against Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley coming in and the whole idea of, like, you know, he lost the first time, so he's getting a rematch and hyped up like a fight. Sure. Like a big fight deal. Like, you know, like, like they do with Brock fights, you know? When, when yeah. it's a Brock match, you get that big fight deal. You're not going to see Hammerlock take down the Tope Suicida stuff. It's just going to be, you know, we're, we're, we're out here for a long time. We're here for a good time. Right. <laughs> um, something like that. And I and I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, these two, uh, McIntyre and Lashley's match back at, uh, I think it was Backlash, like I said. That one was really, really good. I wanted Lashley to win that one. And quite frankly, I want Bobby Lashley to win this. Yeah. I think, you know, you can, the crowd will be behind him. Um, I believe that. I, I feel that way. Yeah, the crowd's, we're going to have two representatives there that are cheering for Bobby Lashley, being uh, good old Adam Burr and Mike Church are going to be heading out to Tampa. Good friends um, of yours, yeah. And a couple, of, a couple of, quite a few others that are going to be in there in the house live. And first time they're going to WrestleMania, so good on them. I hope they have a good time. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, he's got to think. He's going to be a very smart audience. And there, I, you know, I don't know. I just see Bobby on for some reason. I picture Bobby Lashley retaining that championship. Well, it'll, it'll be a swerve if they do that. Uh, I, I look at it more the conventional way. I, I'd rather... They resume the journey with Drew McIntyre on top and see if anything could be done with him. So I, I look at it more in a sort of conventional sense, but uh, should be a pretty good match. Again, hopefully it's at least a Haas fight, lay it in, maybe a couple of bloody noses. That could redeem this a little bit. The match that I'm guessing, I'm guessing that this one's going on first, and I'm guessing this other one's going on last. And, and quite frankly, this is one of these things where as much as we're hearing now about woke businesses and whatever, a lot of times, quite frankly, it's just playing to whatever you think the consumer base wants. That's what big business does. They 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 just they go where wherever they think the money is. And from a cynical yeah. you know consumer standpoint here, chance to make history. Two women who just happen to be black women, great wrestlers, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, turn them loose in the main event Saturday night, and I'm thinking that's what's going to happen. Sasha Banks, the champion who I have been saying for years, I think, I mean, this is somebody who, when she first came up and the way the crowds were reacting to her spontaneously, I said at the time, I, I said, you know, there's never going to be another, you know, rock or anything like that, but I thought she was kind of rock-like in her, the, the ability to be, which we were talking about with the rock before, the cool heel who, if he can hang on to that as a baby face, that's just gold. And Sasha Banks uh, is basically, I mean, to, to my surprise, She's retained her assholishness, if you will, as a babyface here, and uh, has just, that's what the boss character should be. That's what got people cheering for her spontaneously in the first place. And based on, you know, some nibblings of stuff behind the scenes through the years, perhaps some of the real Mercedes shining through into the character. Uh, I don't know that personally, but that's just what you'll hear people say, Jake Digman, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Very, 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 very lovely lady. <laughs> Wonderful human being. Yes, yes. Uh, no tongue in your cheek as you're saying that. Big, but, uh, big, big fan of her. Big fan of her on Mandalorian. No, 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 I'll be totally genuinely honest. <laughs> and she's got that Disney hook up. <laughs> Good on her. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, as, as far as to what you're alluding to, I'll just say that everybody has a, is allowed to have a bad day, right? Yeah, I guess so. And, and quite frankly, I... <laughs> 
I, I've never let what was related back to me about that uh, change my opinion, that I think she is a, a massive, massive star, one of the biggest ones that they have and that they should be doing something big with. And after many years, this is... This is not quite as bad as with Cesaro, because she was never as far down in the women's division as Cesaro was in the men's division vis-a-vis -vis the main event scene. But it is a thing of, like, they decided in the last year to microwave her in the uh, in the wake of the Bailey breakup and put her back on top. And much like Cesaro's now starting to get microwaved against Seth Rollins, uh, she's been hot for a while on top here. And in a feud that a lot of people have been pointing towards, Bianca Belair included, and again, Bianca being an incredible athlete in her own right, somebody who has the charisma to be in there with Sasha Banks, uh, and that whole kind of uh, energy, if you will, between them. Uh, this is one that I think could really be, uh, if it's the main event, it won't be a show stealer, but I mean, my, my money is on this one for best match of night one, regardless of where it is on the card. I think it's going on last, and from a marketing standpoint, uh, at the risk of endorsing anything that Stephanie McMahon would be pushing as far as corporate philanthropy and that kind of stuff, I think it's the right move in a business sense. I think they'll do it. I think they'll be rewarded with a hell of a match for it. Yeah, but that's just, yeah I, I agree with everything you just said there. Um, as far as like going into it, it's like they, they've had a pretty steady build on it. It kind of reminds me of like you know like uh, almost like a little sister, big sister thing in a way. Yes. I don't know. Kind of like is it that, that, that's kind of the vibe I get. Like no, I'm like because here's the thing: Bianca Belair comes out, she gets down to the ring, and it's funny. I don't understand why I'm supposed to like her. Yeah. Like, she doesn't really do anything that like other than like you know you got your. I'm pretty sure you got this title. You, you're in this position. A, because you can work hard. But let's, let's be honest; they all can do that. You know, right? Um, I really think she's got this position because they just saw WrestleMania and EST and went, "Oh, that's too good not to market. Go!" And then now they're in the opportunity with uh, what you had mentioned earlier, how they can, you know, how this will make them look for PR and yeah. you know, outside the wrestling fan bubble, they can send this stuff out in press releases. Everyone's going to be like, you know, oh wow. And if it's if it is for that reasoning alone, um, then I go with uh, I, I see Bianca Belair winning the championship, so they can have you know that picture of her crying, holding the belt and whatnot. You know, the former champion handing it to her, whatever, make a big and grandiose pop. Um, not my personal preference, but I yeah. can see them doing it. I don't, I don't hate Bianca Belair. I just don't. I'm indifferent. You know, I'm, it's not like oh, she's terrible or anything like that. It's just like what's what what what's her thing? No, <laughs> I mean she's married to the guy. She's married to the guy on the street profit, and I saw her wrestle at the NXT show in Phoenix, and she wrestled Shayna Baszler, and they had an amazing match. And I was like, okay, she's fun. She can go. I'm like, but as far as like the character work and everything, it's like she's the the toughest, the strongest, the fastest. Like, okay, I just see her standing in the back wearing like a big smile baby face. She's got that Finn Balor syndrome that when Finn Balor had to smile for three straight years every time he came out to the point where I'm like, smack that off of his face. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's a, like, that, I that's a great what point. Do you call white meat. Is that what you call it? White, white yes. And, uh, white meatification. Yes. No, and, and that's I'm a good point. Out. Because, well, here's the thing, though. I think they're trying to differentiate because the EST character, in many, many ways, especially when the EST character is going to be a baby face, right? It's very similar to Sasha Banks. The boss character, it's a baby, as a baby it's face. A baby face. Well, right. It, here's the thing. 
as a character because it, it it's somebody who's still an a-hole, but they're being an a-hole to the heels, basically. And that's there's there's a lot of similarities between the characters. And look, I, I'll, I'll go there on, on what you just sort of implied. It might just be that the WWE only knows how to write black females a certain way. I think that some of this oh, is I... organic. Some of it's organic as far as the evolution yeah. of their characters because both of them, it's the whole thing. They're very prideful. They're very strong. They're very, I'm the best. You ain't shit compared to me, that kind of thing. So the match itself, and like it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's like, and I love how there isn't like a definitive heel or baby face, right? Either you know, yeah, They're both kind of can go either. Uh, I mean, Sasha's done some more heel tendencies because you have to have that, right? But at the same time, it's like you know, there isn't like neither one has a like no although you know with the wwe sometimes it's hard to tell one of the things i will say is one of the coolest spots that any wrestler has these days i think you know where i'm going with this when bianca works the braid in okay if she starts whipping somebody yeah. with it or whatever that's badass dude <laughs> i'm pretty sure i saw uh, i'm pretty sure at the nxt show i went through Shayna baser choked her with it <laughs> 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 yeah, that's pretty good See, that's great too. It gets used against her. That's just a cool spot. You don't. I'm a fan of some, of anything that is is different as long as it doesn't suck. And that's one of the reasons. Again, un, unlike a lot of the other old school fans, why I love most of the stuff in AEW that the Cornets of the world are down on. Because a lot of the modern stuff, it's different, but I don't find it stupid. As long as it's not stupid and it's different, I love it. And for Bianca with the braid spots, it's different. Nobody else is doing it. I love it, and uh, again, these are two of my favorites out of this division, and uh, I'm glad to see them in this spot. I, I think the right move, like you said, is Bianca going over because, you know, Sasha, she'd been beaten down to where none of her title reigns ever lasted. She's had a good title reign this time. It's not like she's going to look like a loser. She's never won at WrestleMania, mind you, but it's not like this is going to kill her. It'll help make Bianca. This could be the start of an epic rivalry between the two. I think Bianca goes over, fireworks, end of night one, and I think that's what we're looking at here. 